Welcome to the Winning at Business podcast. In my previous life as a tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. I believe business is also a game. As a business owner, the better you understand the rules and play that game will give you the best chance of winning. With my co-host, Shirley Heron, we discuss, unpick, and often rant about the challenges business owners like you face on a daily basis. The topics are driven by the conversations I have with my coaching clients and how they overcome their external and internal barriers that get in the way of winning. So last week, um, myself and Kay and Hannah went to see my coaches, I guess, if you like. Well, they're the guys who do my marketing, but they also do a bit of uh, keep me on the straight and narrow, <laughs> we say, as well, which is good. It's good to have people that you can kind of share ideas with and bounce them off. And I, I feel a bit stupid advocating the, the kind of power of coaching, if you like. If, I if you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, any time in my life I haven't had a coach, I feel a bit weird. You know, I've had coaches in my life since I was about eight, mm. seven or eight. So being without one, maybe it's become a crutch. I don't know. There's a topic <laughs> for another another day. But no, I, I like that principle. But yeah, w- w- what I thought was quite interesting is that we, we went to their space and we had a conversation that was four or five hours long and really, really productive, really productive. It didn't go completely in the direction that I wanted it to go. I wanted it to look much longer term and strategic but we ended up talking around quite a lot of detail and you know how much I love detail Mm -hmm. Um, but it meant we came away with really clear and distinct plans Mm -hmm. as to um, what we could do over the next three to six months and and then it it occurred to me that um, in the last month I think I've spent four maybe five days with clients teams running similar exercises and in all cases bar one we've or they have come out of the business environment and gone to you know a hotel room or a, you know a, mm-hmm. a business complex whatever one case a golf club always nice um <laughs> to, to have those that conversation and um we ran one last week and i asked for feedback at the end you know not necessarily directed at me but about the whole thing And the thing that everybody said as feedback was, it would have been really good if we could have done this outside of the office. Right. And it just got me thinking about, and I have very strong views on this, but I'll obviously (laughs) let you pitch in, (laughs) how much you think environment dictates performance? Um, Well, I think I'm probably along the same lines as you in the sense that I think it matters a lot because I think that, even down to, you know, when you're at home, you know, messy home, messy mind type thing applies to me. It doesn't apply to everybody. And I think um, some creatives would argue that that it's all about free thinking and letting their yeah. mind drift and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but they're but still yeah. creating an environment. That but they're creating an environment that works for them. Yes. And that's all that matters. It doesn't, it, you know, it's not that everyone has to be tidy or everyone has to work in a certain office environment. It's about finding the environment that best utilizes your skills and makes you as productive as you can be so it's interesting you said creative there or creatives mm. because i think it's that that's the bit that i think is really really important and there's two two sides to this or maybe more than two but one i think taking yourself out of your everyday space 
and putting yourself somewhere different um, enables creativity. Mm-hmm. I know I'm at most creative when I'm um, outside. Mm-hmm. So if I want to come up with new ideas, for me it's always get outside, go for a walk. And uh, I know Hannah and, and you in the past have got quite annoyed with me when I've come back from holiday because I've been down by a beach or sitting on a sand lounger and I've come back with loads of new ideas <laughs> and you're like, oh no, Ash is back from holiday. <laughs> but that environment is key to just allowing me to free think mm. and I think that's important. And I, I think the other thing is is that it's really, really difficult to plan when you're in the same space all the time. Um, I, I think it, I think it physically creates a sort of I'm inside the bubble mm. situation. Does, does does that make sense? Yeah, like you're inside the yeah, hamster wheel. Yeah, you just bogged down with the everyday. I think. Yeah. So in order to plan effectively, I believe it's better to take yourself out of your everyday patterns, mm. out of your everyday habits, out of your everyday environment, and put yourself somewhere removed from the business. Mm. So th- this is a great example, isn't it? We yeah, used to record yeah. the podcasts. In your office. In my office. And we'd spend the first hour and a half <laughs> talking about work stuff. Yeah. Because I'd have emails open and, you know. The website. The website. Oh, have you seen this? I've done yeah. that. And share all this yeah. sort of stuff. Whereas actually we come here and we just record the podcast. Mm-hmm. And because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So it's really focused. Well, yeah. And then that's part of it, isn't it? It's, it's about focusing your mind on the thing that you're wanting to achieve and not allowing yourself to get distracted so you're changing the environment in order to um, ensure that the result that you want which is achieving a piece of work whether that's podcast or planning or whatever has the best chance of happening because you're not allowing yourself to get distracted with other things yeah and it's it's interesting because i've heard a few sorry heard don't know how you hear posts (laughs) listen on tiktok um, I've read a few posts recently <laughs> about um, people booking themselves into hotels mm. for two, three, four days at a time. And I think I saw something a couple of weeks ago about somebody who'd done three nights, maybe, mm. and he was reporting back on his lessons learned from three nights in a hotel room on his own. I, I don't know if he stayed in the hotel room or used the business facilities mm. in the hotel room. But just to be out of the business. And but plan. do you think some of that is because if you're spending money on a hotel room, you want to actually have something to show for it at the yep. end of it. So there's there's a bit more of a kick to actually make sure that you use your time productively to achieve the goal that you've set yourself, rather than allowing yourself. If you're if you're just in your normal environment, then there's no there's no driver of oh this is costing me money. It is costing you money, but it's hidden. In this is different from paying for a hotel room. That's a direct cost that you have to actually pay the bill from. Uh, you know, you have to put it on your credit card or you know, write hand over the cash. So you feel that, and therefore, it, it's a bit more painful. And therefore, you want to go. You want to feel like you've had a productive use of that money that you've just spent. Yeah, I think you'd feel pretty st- not stupid is a bit strong, but you'd be irritated with yourself. If you'd spent four, five, six hundred quid mm. on a nice hotel for two or three nights, yeah. uh, maybe hired out one of the 
office rooms and then they probably charged you extra for projector and the flip chart for whatever and pound per pen um some are like that aren't they and and but if you came away and just hadn't achieved anything well i mean we could come here and use the space to work on your website or your business or talk about you know stuff that's going on in your business but it wouldn't achieve the goal that you want to achieve correct getting the podcast's done. So you, you, when we were off air, you you talked about um, we were chat, starting to chat about planning. Mm. So do you think there's a, a connection between being able to plan effectively, or your thoughts on planning that you had, and where you do it? I think it it you have to know yourself and where it's where's good for me is not necessarily good for you. Yeah, and. So you have to really know what environment is going to be the most productive and the right type of environment for whatever it is that you want to achieve. So for me, I like when I'm um, coming back to creative thought and, and planning out, you know, um, new products or new services, or whatever, I like a really tidy environment because that means that my brain isn't distracted from going, oh, that needs tidying up over there, or you know, that's messy, or almost too much information. It yeah. it almost clears my mind so that it it gives me space to think. But I know that there are other people who like the inspiration of lots of things around them, and subconsciously that sparks their a thought process and their ideas and their planning comes from that. So I think you have to really know what works for you as a starting point. And I think then you have to you have to know when I spend this time, what do I want to achieve by the end what of it? What am I going to get out of it? You've got to plan your planning, planning time. <laughs> um, because otherwise, and this is, I think, one of your favourite quotes, and we were talking about favourite quotes off air as well, but how do you know, if you don't know where you're going to, how do you know when you've got there? And if you don't know what you want to achieve out of your planning session or your meeting time, then how do you know if it's a successful meeting or a successful planning session? So let's, it's, ju it's just a session. So let's talk about planning for a moment because mm. um, we started talking about the environment. Okay, that's fine. And I do think that's important. Mm. I don't want to dismiss that. But talk to me about how do you plan? Well, I, I think there's different types of planning as well. So some planning is is... Uh, chronological in the sense of what do I want to achieve in one month, six months, 12 months, whatever. And in my project planning brain, I see those as milestones okay. in my in my Gantt chart. If you imagine a visual Gantt chart. Yeah. Do you actually see that then yeah. in your head? Yeah. Wow. And then I see these markers. I just see there. <laughs> and then, but, but, that's, but that's why I'm saying you you have to know what works for you and how your brain gets the most out of that structure, that time, because what works for me is not going to be what works for you mm. and and vice versa, you know, but in my brain, I almost see a Gantt chart and I put my milestones in as markers and literally see those. And then I fill the gaps in around that. So there might, I don't know, like going back to my ice skating business, maybe I wanted to launch two new products that year. Okay. So when, how, I have to understand a bit around, well, what's needed to launch that? How long are those things going to take to be able to determine a date and put a, a marker in of what launch date it is? 
And then there's an element of kind of working forwards and backwards in terms of planning of what's needed. So maybe I need designs. Who's going to do the designs? Do I need to spend some time looking for inspiration for the designer to then pull a unique garment out of that? Um, But then also things like, which supplier am I going to use? Do I need to find a new supplier? What are their lead times like? What fabric would I use? Mm. All of those things then start to slot into my Gantt chart in my mind. And then at that point, I usually start putting it on paper or on, on the computer because there's too many bits of information and there's too many linkages to be able to keep hold that in your brain. Um, but I'll literally take each task or goal that I want to achieve and forwards and backwards plan that until I've got it solid in my chart. And do you start <laughs> taking action whilst the planning is still going on or once it's all done and you're happy with it? And how do you know when you're happy with it? Oh, lots of questions there. So I think historically I have started taking action before I finish planning. It's something that I am trying or have historically tried more recently to stop myself doing and to, to not necessarily have every T crossed and every I dotted, but have a much more concrete written down plan of what the process is and what am I going to achieve before I start going off and doing things. Because otherwise, for me, I get excited because I'm inspired by that, that goal and I start doing but I haven't stopped to think about a all the things that are involved in that and who I might need input from and how that fits in with other things. And so what I was doing was ending up getting excited about a project and kind of, you know, you do a lot of work when you're first inspired and excited and then it gets a bit sticky and a bit boring and it's hard. And the tendency is when I didn't have it all planned out is that I drop it because I get stuck. And I don't know what the next thing is, or I don't know what other things I could work on around that to move it forward. So, so how does how does that <laughs> how does that work when somebody is asking for a friend? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am gently asking for a friend. Um, how does that work when somebody will use? I'm going to say open brackets over close brackets planning mm-hmm. so over planning mm-hmm. as a method of not actually taking action mm. and you and I both know exactly who I'm talking about here um, yeah so I have come across that with clients and this is, I think, when it is so important that you have spent time getting to know yourself and your weaknesses and your strengths, because you need to be able to recognise that that is something that you have a tendency to do. And it's not right or wrong. It just is in the same way that we were just talking about, you know, things don't happen to you. They just happen. Right. We all have personality traits and all personality traits are valid. And they're not right or wrong, they just are. Because if we were all clones of each other, life would be really boring and and lots of things wouldn't happen. If we were all starters but not finishers, nothing would ever get finished, right? So I think for me, I would say you have to be self-aware enough to know that that's a tendency that you might have, is to overplan in order to procrastinate against actually taking action. Um, 
I think once you know that about yourself, then you can plan how you how you manage that. I was going to say avoid, but actually avoidance isn't the goal. No. Working out how you deal with it is the goal. Acceptance and responsibility. Yeah. So if if you know that you overplan, then bringing in somebody who um, can move you past the planning and actually start taking action is really valid and the and the 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 most classic of these is you have some people who who are starters ideas inspirers visionaries and they're not finishers and that's okay (laughs) and then you have other people who are not visionary at all but can take that idea and make it happen And having a balance of both. Having a really balance of both is really important, but it's, it's very rare. rare you get somebody that's both. Exactly yeah. what I was just going to say. Yeah. So knowing that, knowing where you fit in that, and understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are, and filling the gaps with other people, or not necessarily people, but things that help you, because it could be an app, it could be mm. a planning tool, it, you know, it could be lots of things. Um, can can help you manage that but you've got to know that that's what you do interesting that's what i think yeah and i think it's valid i know it's valid <laughs> we both come across lots of people who are um are either one or you know both of those situations and i think it can change yeah i've gone from being somebody who just had to plan everything mm-hmm. and because i planned everything and I felt confident in those plans, it allowed me to execute with, with confidence, mm-hmm. um, with authority, I suppose. And then I, I think I guess went through a stage where maybe it was the people around me that I lost confidence in the implementation element of it, so I just spent my time dreaming. Mm. And now I'm consciously dreaming because I've got people around me who will take that, take that stuff and make it happen, which I, for me is the best place to be because mm. I'll just... I procrastinate not because I don't want to do stuff, but I procrastinate because I just come up with more ideas. Mm. And actually having people around you to say, look, you plan this, this is your business, this is your goal, so stop coming up with new stuff or put them in the ideas fridge and let's focus on this for Mm. now. Because I get bored. Mm. I get bored really easily. It's really hard work turning up every week and recording these Mm. because I'm just like, oh. But then we get here and we have great conversations and I really enjoy it. But not just that... You know, because you've recognised it in yourself, that if it's just you on your own, you won't do it. Which is why I make the date with you. Exactly. And it makes me come. Exactly. And it's the same And also you choose to come away from your business. Exactly. Coming back to the environment. To create an environment that that, um, manages some of the things that you know you will do. Well, this environment is designed to do one thing and one thing only. Yeah. And you, But what you're doing is you're putting in... Um, measures to overcome that tendency that you know you have yeah. whether that's procrastination or over planning or you know all of those things like I said it's not right or wrong it's just knowing that that's what you do and understanding that when you do that it stops you from achieving the goal that you want to achieve you've spent some time thinking and talking to Kay and me Hannah whoever about how you can what you can do to make sure that you don't allow yourself to go too far down that road yeah so interesting as always um let us know what you think 
I know what you think. <laughs> um, but if you're listening, um, yeah, let us know what you think, your thoughts on planning. How do you plan? Um, where do you go? Where do you go? That's the big one. Do you do, you, do your planning in, in-house? I mean, Kay's got um, organising their team's away day. Mm-hmm. Uh, October, I think it is. And that's quite interesting. You know, what speakers are they going to get in? Uh, they've got a theme, mm. putting it all together. But the, the, it is not in the business. It is a yeah. way, you know. And there, there's resistance already. Oh, can I take a day out from the business? Mm. I'm so busy. I've got lots of stuff to do. But they do know that a well-done, a well-run day like that is going to catalyst, be a catalyst for better work mm. and better collaboration for the business moving forwards. Mm. And I think that that's that's a really healthy thing to understand and make happen in your businesses. I think it's healthy for people as well. Like if you're just yeah. nose to the grindstone, constantly just churning out work, at some point you'll get burnt out. Taking that day away to just step back a bit, breathe, however frustrating it feels at the time, actually um, re-energizes you. And when you go back to the office and get back to the grindstone, you're actually more productive. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.